I'm here with head coach of the Kings, Miles Taylor, for episode three of the South Jersey Kings Manager Show. Coach, a big week ahead. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to get things going. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited for a big week ahead. And you guys are staying hot this entire month. And, you know, from the middle of June all the way till now, five straight wins currently. You're 17-2-1 in your final 21, in your final 20 games of the regular season. Uh, have you ever been a part of a team that's been this hot? No, I have not. I have not, unfortunately. Uh, this team just it, – it's its tough to say because this team is just so incredibly talented from top to bottom, from position players to pitchers. I can put out anybody, and everybody's confident that we're going to win. So let's rewind to last Wednesday. You guys – we're coming off a hard-fought doubleheader, which we talked about last week against the Blazers. Uh, and you guys just put forth an all-around great effort against the Ospreys mm -hmm. last Wednesday, shutting them out 12-0. Let's start on the hitting side. We saw Chris Baker go 4-4 four for four with four runs, four RBIs. Uh, probably one, one of the best single-game offensive performances we've seen from a Kings hitter this summer. Uh, Baker hit 6-15 last week, two homers, seven RBIs, seven runs. Mm -hmm. What have you liked from him that you've seen from Baker this summer? He's such a tough out. Like even when he even when he gets out, it's such a loud out. It's such a uh, thank God I got this guy out. He's very tough to pitch to. You either have to walk him, and then you have to face a guy like Lesh or or Leva or Stosh, and it's like you we don't have a hole in the lineup where you can just pitch around guys. And he makes you hurt for every mistake that you throw him. He's really good. He's going to use. They got themselves good. Really good and big. And on the other side of the ball, we saw Dom Schiffalo got got the start. Pitched four innings, a shutout ball. Uh, what can you say about the righty's ability? You know, who was added to the roster just about a week ago, and then putting some high pressures pressure situations mm -hmm. last Sunday versus Quakertown, and then obviously a huge doubleheader on Sunday as well. Uh, you know, and he still put forth an excellent week, only giving up one run, run, one run allowed in nine innings. He's a gamer. He's a gamer. He he always wants the ball. No matter what the situation is, he always wants the ball. Him coming from a, a good quality program like University of Scranton uh, gives us, you know, the upper hand because he's been put in tough situations before and he's prevailed. Uh, I really like Dom. <clears throat> good character, great mindset, nice personality, gets the job done, mixes in every one of his pitches in any count. So that's tough to, that's tough to hit and that's tough to prepare for. And then moving forward, uh, the rematch with Quakertown last Thursday, uh, in some ways a similar showing to last time you guys played uh, two Sundays ago, but you guys got that thrilling 3-2 win and a lot to unpack here. First, let's start with the pitching. Uh, you guys had a no-hitter going through eight and a third innings against a team that came into that night, top three in the league in runs, hits, home runs. Uh, what can you say about the job that mm -hmm. Jason Hoops did to put his offense in a position to win? He is a dog. 
He is. He is legitimately a dog. Ever since his first outing, and he was really frustrated because he didn't have a good outing. And I know we've talked about this before, but ever since then, he's just been lights out and is daring people to hit him. He's just daring anybody to hit him. And he's just in a he's in a really good groove. I know that's what he was worried about is if he can get back to his old ways. And now he's now he's seeing it and now he's getting comfortable and he's feeling good about himself. But that kid is a dog. He is almost impossible to hit because he's putting his fastball all over the zone and in the zone while dropping a curveball in there, which is really tight. And then now adding a changeup to his arsenal, which plays well with his fastball, it's going to be tough to hit him. And this is back-to-back weeks. He threw a no-hitter the week before and then comes in and and goes another seven no-hit innings. And he still wanted the ball after he was almost at 100 pitches. So it's like he he just knows. he, He knows how good he is. And he knows how valuable he is to this team. So he wants to be put in those situations where we that team to get nothing so that we can get ourselves going. That's what he did. Because in that bottom of the seventh inning, we finally got going. And right in the right time, too, to get him that win. Yeah, Hoops now with an under one ERA across six appearances. And he has 35 strikeouts in 21 innings. And now moving over to the hitting side, you know, after the first six and a half innings, it looked like this game, you know, could possibly go one nothing in favor of the Blazers after they scored that run in the very first battle of the game. Uh, your your team left runners in scoring position mm-hmm. four of the first five innings and then had that time run thrown out in the home half of the seventh. Uh, how do you guys work on, you know, trying not to strand runners, especially in crucial games like against the Blazers? And, you know, as has happened a few times the last time you guys played the Blazers as well. Trying to focus a little more, uh, especially with our approach with runners in scoring position. We've talked about uh, how our approach has to differ from when there's nobody on base, we're leading off the inning, or there's nobody on base, and we're just trying to extend the inning, as opposed to there's a guy at second or third, with either less than two outs or two outs and what our approach has to be. And we've talked sometimes we do get a little selfish in our swing, get big. We try to be the hero, Um, especially against Quakertown. You know, we think we're just as good as they are. They think they're better than us. So some guys want to be the hero in that situation. And, you know, we have to sometimes slow the game down and kind of simplify it and know what we're trying to accomplish at that very given time. And I think, you know, towards the back end of the game, they started to see it. All they really need to see is just one guy do it, and then it's like a domino effect. And that one guy that we saw do it was Jarrett Pokrovsky, had that RBI single to tie the game in the seventh, and then, of course, Baker's go-ahead two-run single in the bottom half of that same inning. Uh, was there almost a sense of relief when you guys finally were able to break through in that seventh inning? Yes, because we we gave them a run all playing bad baseball in the, in the very first inning. And then it's like you have a pitching duel. They got one of their best guys on the mound. We got one of our best guys on the mound. 
And it's like, wow, are we going to lose this one one nothing because of one bad play? But, you know, you got to play all nine. That's what I try to tell these guys. You got to play all nine. We can't, you know, play five good innings and think we're just going to coast. Got to play all nine and stay the course. So when Jared got that single, it was like, okay, we're here. And then when Baker got the double, felt like my my soul left my body. Like I just – I was just trying to control myself. But in the inside, I'm jumping up and down, screaming, let's go, because I'm so fired up that – you know, guys are, are ready to go to war against the best team in the league. And we feel like we're the best team in the league. So it was good seeing guys show up, especially one thing I wanted to talk about with Jarrett and Baker at the top of the lineup to put damage and put pressure on the other team right out the gate. Uh, it's very tough for other teams to deal with. If they're hot and they're getting on base, we're probably going to win the game. And then – how about the job that your closer Nick Solpizio did in the ninth inning uh, after the Blazers cut the lead to one, three to two at the tying run on third with one out. And then Nick was able to put down their four and five pole hitters to end the game. Just talk about what you saw from him in that ninth inning. <laughs> he got pissed off that Owen got that triple, <laughs> uh, you know, because um, right at our home field on kind of had a grip on the shoulder with him. Another tie going into the bottom of the ninth, and we having to try and figure it out again. So, Nick's a Nick's a dog. ODU is getting a getting a great one as well. And going into the playoffs, uh, do you think it gives the team an extra boost of confidence, knowing that not only do you go down to the wire with arguably the best team or the team that's led the Wolf Division the entire season? Uh, but not only did you go down the mm -hmm. wire with the Blazers, but you actually beat them. And again, this was a team in first place all season long. So, you know, what does that do, you know, to your confidence, knowing that you guys are able to beat them because you've done it before? Uh, it, it boosts your confidence. Like, you know, then it then you it makes you feel like you belong. Makes you feel like you belong. Like we've been we've been playing Ocean, we've been playing Pilots, we haven't played you know, Bergen in a while, like three weeks. We've played Matrix and we're beating we're beating up on these teams. We played the Gens. We beat up on them. So then when you play Quaker Town and you're like, okay, this is the team that we need to beat, and you actually go out there and you handle business, it makes you feel good about yourself because then you're like, okay, now we may be the dogs. We may be the team that everybody has on their calendar. Like, okay, we need to go get this one. Because when we play, we want your best. We don't want you to make five, six errors and have any excuses or anything like that. We want you to play your best baseball because I promise you, you're going to get our best. And then moving on to Friday's game, you guys traveled up to Drew on Friday night, took down the Pilots 10 nothing, uh, And there was a bit of a concern pending mm -hmm. up to that game, you know, that you guys were going to be short on position players that night. But talk about stepping up. You had three guys in that lineup that night who were making their Kings debut. Riders Jack Winsett, uh, Columbia's Andy Blake, and Ocean County's 
Trevor Colton back. And those guys combined to go seven for 12 with four runs on Friday night. What can you say about the job those guys did, you know, delivering in a big game under those circumstances? Yeah, no, nah, that was a that was a tough game. And you're also leaving out one key player. We had a P.O. playing left field with Mateo Gravano, yes, yes. who had arguably two of the longest hit baseballs of the day. But those three guys really helped us out a lot. And came in and, and pitched the gym as well. Um, but those three guys are really good, really good kids, really good guys. And they know they wanted to play. They were ready to play. Um, I think, you know, Andy Blake was the best out of all three. Uh, he was very good, very poised, and you could tell like he has all the tools to the game. I think Jack Wendy said is is going to be a great leadoff hitter for Ryder. I think he was a pretty good leadoff hitter last year, but I think his game's another level. Um, and he's a very good shortstop as well. And I've actually seen Trevor because I, you know, I coach at Salem and we play Ocean County, so <coughs> I'll be seeing Trevor more and more next next season and i'm not looking forward to that mm -hmm. that kid that kid can swing the bat a little bit and he plays a good third base and then on sunday afternoon there was a hot one temperatures reaching about 100 degrees yeah. uh, but you guys got the job yeah. done sweeping the double header by a combined score of 19 to 3 and then looking back during this mm -hmm. five win streak uh the thing that really sticks out to me is not that you're just winning, but you're dominating all these games. So during that five-game win streak, you've outscored opponents 44 to 5. So what does that say about this team? You know, not only are they racking up wins, but doing it in such a dominant fashion. I told the offense, there's there's no reason we're not getting five runs a game. There's no reason we're not getting five runs a game. And if we do get five runs, there's no reason we're not winning the game because the pitching staff is phenomenal to the point where they they may need only two runs, three runs to get through a game and and win you that nine inning ball game. But we could have been doing this for a while, Aaron, but our approaches scoring position just were just weren't there. So now that they're starting to focus a little bit more and take it a little bit more seriously because we're getting to playoff time. I said this before. It's really starting to click. They're, they're actually just like each other, and they talk trash to each other. So the confidence is there. So the competitiveness is always. Lacking. If you don't, don't come back out ready to throw your gear because they're gonna laugh at you. And they're gonna tell you you should be on the bench, and nobody else, nobody wants to hear. Them. So everybody's trying hit the crap out of the ball and everybody's trying to steal bags and, you know, be the guy. So when that happens, it may sound selfish, but it actually works in our favor that everybody wants to be the guy. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm here with head coach of the South Jersey Kings, uh, head coach Miles Taylor and the Kings manager show. And Miles, uh, with the Metro's 3-2 loss on Sunday, you guys clinched the number two seed, a first round bye. And, after playing five games in five days from that Wednesday to Sunday uh, and playing a nearly 40-game regular season with no substantial breaks, you guys are going to begin the postseason on Saturday instead of that playing game on Friday. Uh, how important do you think that extra day of rest will be? Oh, man, it's, it's amazing. It's just, it's just great seeing from where we started out at 
at the very bottom. I think the only team that was behind us was Ocean, and that was because they had a good cancellations. We <coughs> in last place, uh, almost moving into July or at the end of June, and for us to be able to turn it around and now get a first round buy, it's it's amazing. And and to be quite honest, we deserve it. We've worked hard enough. We have a good enough team to where um, I feel like guys need to travel to us. Guys need to travel to us. The only team I want to travel to is Quaker Town. Mm-hmm. Only team I want to. But we got we have business to handle uh, on Saturday. I'm interested to see who we're going to get. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm a betting man, I think the Gens are going to pull it out on Friday. And I think we're going to play the Gens. But I'm I'm cool with playing Bergen too. I like their team. I like their lineup. Um, I didn't know if they had the pitching to match up with the Gens, but uh, I think we deserve that day off. I know all my guys are happy they got that Friday off and they're ready to go on Saturday and they're fired up. And how do you think your guys will approach these postseason games? Because one of the things that stood out to me this summer is how relaxed that dugout is. You just talked about that. You know, no matter the situation, uh, they're always so relaxed. So do you think they're going to approach these next few games in the postseason the same as they have the previous 38? Yeah, it's probably going to be even worse. Uh, (laughs) Like, they like to talk trash, but they keep it. They keep it very classy in the way that they talk trash. They more so talk trash to each other. Mm-hmm. I think now that it's playoff time, you know, they're going to be relaxed in the dugout and on the field. But when when it's time, they're going to just – they're going to let loose and they're going to want to beat up on every team. Like, I think we're we're confident enough that we can roll into a game and believe that we're going to win every game we step out onto the field. But now they they want to show it. They want it to be not even debatable why we're the best team in the league. So I think they have a little, you know, something left to prove. And you'll see it on Saturday, right from game one. And the Kings will be taking on the second lowest seed remaining after Friday's playing games and a nine-inning doubleheader at Moody Park, best of three series. And then if a game three is necessary, they'll be on the road for that game three in a winner-take-all game to advance to the division championship, which starts Tuesday, August 2nd. So head coach Miles Taylor joining me in the South Jersey Kings episode, manager's episode, episode three. Coach, thanks for joining me. Thank you, man. I appreciate you here. Good luck this week. Thank you.